Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. As we continue our series on filling the blank and finding out what God's will is for our lives, we're going to have some uh, guests from Freedom Church come and uh, sit up here in a, in a few moments um, and, and share some of their stories with us. I wanted to share a story of mine before they come up. Uh, Psalm 34 uh, or 37 verse 4 says, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. And so as a young Christian, I'm like, this is awesome. I love Jesus and I love stuff and I love things and I love circumstances. So if I want it, I just got to love Jesus and he's just going to kind of give that to me. And I uh, had a, a run in with this verse uh, when, when I was about uh, 2007. Um, I wasn't getting the things that I, that I wanted. <laughs> and I was like, well, these things do not uh, match up. The, the verse continues on. It says, commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him, and he will help you. And that's kind of been the basis of where we, we started in week one. Is like, hey, if I want to uh, find God's will for my life, it's not so much what do I do, a vocation, a location, or a relationship, or a situation. He's more concerned about who you are becoming. Because who you are here Today in Los Alamos is going to be uh, a good indicator of who you are tomorrow, wherever that is. And so we said, focus on becoming who God wants you to be. Commit everything you do to God, and that's going to put you on the right path, not so much a destination, but a direction on where God wants you to be. Now, I mentioned 2007, because that's the time I had probably one of the uh, times where I heard God speak to me in my life. And I've never heard God speak audibly, but it was like this, this whisper where I knew deep down in, in my soul that this was from God. And it was a game changer for me. It was July 2007. It was hot. I was on my way to uh, church to, to teach the youth group in Sunday school that morning. And so I'm like, I'm doing the Lord's work, I'm going to Sunday school, and I'm driving out of uh, Sycamore Village on North Mesa, headed down... Um, um, just turning out of Sycamore Village, and my, I hear this, and I'm like, flat tire, great, you know, and so I'm not a car person. If you know anything about me, like a flat tire is going to be a challenge, and um, to kind of speed up this story, um, I, I put, I finally figure out after a long amount of time, I figure out how to get the spare onto the car and I go to lower the spare and as I'm lowering it down, I'm lowering it down and I'm lowering it down, the spare just flattens just as flat as the other tire was flat and I'm like, great. And by this time, uh, Sunday school is out of the question. I'm, you know, I'm late for that, not going to make it. Uh, church is now pretty much out of the question too. And it's hot. It's July. I'm sweating. I'm frustrated. This is now money and all this stuff. And I'm having it out with God. I, I called up Rita and I said, hey, I'm, you know, I'm not going to make it. Um, it's going to be late. And, so I, and then she's singing in worship that day, so she couldn't come and, and get me. Um, actually, um, Melissa Duke, she came and, and picked me up that day, but it's going to take her a little bit to come. So I'm just sitting in my car, and I'm, I'm angry. I'm just, God, this is, this is so dumb. I'm, I'm on your team. I'm supposed to be helping. You know, I had everything planned, and now this is a waste, and what's going on? And I'm just, we're just, I'm frustrated. And in that moment, God 
I just hear God speak to me. He says, it's not about a flat tire. And I'm like, what? Then what is it? He's like, I'm calling you to be a pastor. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I got a great job at the lab. I got everything's already planned. This is not, no, 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 no. And he's like, you're not going to sit behind a desk anymore. I'm calling you to be a pastor. So Melissa picks me up, takes me to church, and I sit down next to Rita, and I'm crying. And uh, church gets done, and, and then we end up, we're in the, in the car, and I'm, and I'm in her car, and I'm crying on the way home. And she's like, Mike, it's just a flat tire. <laughs> we're going to get it fixed. And I said, no, it's not just a flat tire. I think God's calling me to be a pastor. And then she starts crying, and we are in our driveway hugging each other, and we're crying, and we are not happy. This is not our heart's desire. This is not what we wanted, but we also knew that this was God's will for us. There was something confirming in our lives, this whisper that we knew we had to do. And, and to fast forward even more today, I love being a pastor I love it. You couldn't pull me away from it. I feel like this is God's calling. This is my wheelhouse, and this is where I need to go. I want to get better at it and develop that gift that we talked about last week. I love it. It's where 30, Psalm 37, 4 comes in. It's when I started becoming who God wanted me to be, he started to change my heart. He started to change my heart. And so today, I just told you a little bit of my story. I figured if we're going to hear from other people um, or hear God's will, it would be nice to hear other people's stories. We connect with stories. So I'm going to invite the four people that I invited um, to, uh, to share with us. They're going to come up. And today we're going to have a little bit of a, what I'm calling for better, for, like an interview panel. Because I want to ask some questions to see how do you hear from God? What whispers have you heard from God in your life? And how do you know is that from God? Because I think we've been there before, maybe we haven't heard God audibly, and we want to know, is this God or is it not? Because when I heard that, like, I felt like that was from God, but I also did some things to maybe help confirm, God, is this you or not? I talked to some people, I prayed about it, it was, but that was the moment. So um, what I would like to do is spend um, the, kind of the rest of our time, I'm going to ask um, our panel here some questions, and we have... Um, connect groups that meet every other week. Um, it, it, some of you might know them as a, like a Sunday school class or a small group. We call them connect groups here. And what really what they are is just people getting together and we're having faith conversations. We're sharing life together and let's just talk about faith. So in a way, this is also a mini connect group being played out in front of everyone. Just to, I'm going to ask some questions. I want to know, how do, you, how do you hear from God? How do you know it's God's will? What's some of your stories and um, we'll just share. So I might ask Laura a question, but Linda, you can chime in um, with it. And this is just kind of real time, just talk. I got a question. Can you guys see Linda from there? Is she hiding behind that curtain? Can we see her all right? Yeah? All right. Okay. All right. Because we haven't done this before. It's kind of, kind of new. So here's my first question to you just to kind of get things, uh, get the ball rolling. Um, introduce yourself, give, introduce your name, but then give me the last decision, um, and I'm thinking like this morning, um, big or small, funny or serious, uh, what's a decision, latest decision that you've, you've, you've made? Um, so 
introduce yourself and what decision. I am Jamie, and my last decision that I made was whether or not to put my glasses on top of my head or to put them on my stand. <laughs> and I put them on my stand. Hi, I'm Nate. Um, last decision I made was should I bring this coffee cup up here? Is it going to be weird if I have a little mic? That was my last decision. Okay. Hey, I'm Laura. My last decision was to bring my water and I forgot it. Okay. We, can we can remedy that. <laughs> I'm Linda and my last decision was to come up here. <laughs> All right. While you guys are doing that because we're new, um, I'm going to have you guys just take your chairs and scoot up just a little bit forward because your faces, I know you don't like this, but we can't see your face. And you guys are beautiful faces that we want to be able to see. So thank you guys for doing that. Um, so let's talk about this. There's in, in 1 Kings, I'm going to read a scripture, but this is kind of where I want to head with this today. 1 Kings chapter 19, um, Elijah is a prophet. And he had just, if you know anything about Elijah, there was the thing with the prophets of Baal where he had the, he's like, hey, let's call down fire and you build an altar. And if, if uh, Baal uh, burns down your altar, then great. Or if not, then, you know, I'll try God and see what he does. And of course, the Baal guys, they do it all day. It doesn't work. And then, um, and then Elijah calls down um, or praise the God and fire comes down from heaven and it burns down uh, the altar. And it's like this great thing of God, this miracle of God. Anyways, First Kings chapter 19, you can read it. Right after this great thing happens, um, the, uh, the queen, Jezebel, says, Elijah, I don't like you anymore. You're, you're done. You're toast. I'm going to kill you because you just took all my prophets of Baal and slaughtered them, and now I'm coming after you. So Elijah does this amazing miracle of God, and now he's on the run. I'm thinking if I'm, if I'm talking to Jezebel, I'd be like, hey, did you just see what I just did, little girl? You know, let's, yeah, let's go down. No, he runs. He runs. And he's afraid for his life. This is what happened. So he's hiding. And um, God wants to speak to Elijah. He says, where are you at, man? Why are you hiding? Why are you running? And he says, God says uh, to Elijah, go out, stand before me on this mountain. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. And it says, a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. Very loud, very powerful. We just hit a windstorm here in Los Alamos. We know what that's like. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. I've never been a part of one of those, but if you have, you can imagine how powerful that is. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. And the Lord was not in the fire, but after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. And oftentimes, I think that's where God does his work is in the whisper. So I want to talk about that. Talk about a time you were prompted or heard a whisper from God. And how did you, in a sense, know that was from God? And it is open question. It's a open question to anybody that wants to answer that. I can answer that? Yeah. Um, when I, sometimes we had a small group uh, a couple years ago where we would pray for each other in a circle. And we'd pray out loud, or we'd, we wouldn't always pray out loud, but um, praying for someone and getting an image in my head. Well, maybe we're praying for an ailment, and I get an image in my head. Let's say I got a waterfall. As we're praying, I'm seeing a waterfall, and I'm seeing 
an image. And I share that image with the person I'm praying for, you know, praying for their ailment. And I say, I, some, I don't know, this is random, it's popping in my head, I see a waterfall. And that person goes, oh my gosh, that really means something to me. It doesn't mean something to me who's praying, but the person says, whoa, that really touches me. That must be God, because you didn't know what I was dealing with. And that must have been someone else, because you didn't know my story, mm-hmm. you know. And that somehow speaks to me that, whoa, God must have been, or the Spirit must have been with us, working through me. Jamie, how about you? Okay. Sometimes, uh, hey, sometimes in Connect Group, we get with, it's like, hey, anybody can answer. Sometimes it's an all skate, and I'll be like, everybody answer. And sometimes I'll be like, Jamie, <laughs> have you heard, uh, in a sense, uh, whispers? Um, well, some of y'all know, know kind of my backstory. I'm, I'm a pastor by profession, and um, I... Uh, I, I didn't originally seek to do that. What I wanted to do was I wanted to be a big-time record producer. I wanted to be the guy that um, produced like U2 and things like that. I was kind of a record nerd whenever I was in high school. I knew all the liner notes. But I'd switched majors so many times in college, and I, I couldn't get a sense what was it exactly that I was supposed to do. And I think the way that I heard God was after spending a summer doing some vacation Bible schools and youth camps and, and uh, up in Alaska, and then helping out with a youth group in Las Cruces, I was on a youth retreat. I was watching somebody else. I had this yearning, I was like, I wanna do that. Sam Swan, actually. <laughs> Don't get a big head, Sam. But um, it, I wanna do that, I wanna spend time with, with people. I want to help them in their spiritual journey. And to me, it was just, I don't know. It, I, for me to be able to hear the voice of God, I've got to be connected. John 15 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Um, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you'll bear much fruit. But if you don't remain in me, and this is my paraphrase, um, you're, you're going to get cut off and you will have no connection. You will not be able to know what the vine is doing. And so in order for me to hear the voice of God, I've got to be connected to him. And sometimes I think he kicks me hard. That's usually when I'm disconnected. He does it through people, through circumstances. Yeah. Sometimes he does it by just that still small voice, just knowing. Yeah. Nate, how about you? A time when you heard a whisper from God, just kind of describe what that was like well, for you. M- more recently... Um, Penn and I had decided that we wanted to, to move and uh, sell our house and then move up to the Amos. And uh, we thought it was a great deal, it was a great idea. Um, and God was just stirring in my heart saying, don't do it. It's not a good idea. But I was like, but everything is laid out. We could make a ton of money and the house is super cheap. And um, so God still said no. And I chose to ignore for a few months. And then he just slammed the door. Um, the house had been on the market for like two and a half years. And the day we went to go put an offering, someone had already done it. Wow. Um, so God was there. He was protecting us. Um, this next summer, the summer after we had decided, uh, a fire came through and actually burned a part of the house. And the 
property. So uh, God was there, and he was talking to us. We just need to go listen. Yeah. Um, Linda, I want to kind of alter that question just a little bit for you. As you've heard whispers from God, um, like in that, in that passage, like he wasn't in the, the big and the powerful. It was kind of in the, in the small um, areas in your life. And I wonder if there's ways where you've seen God speak to you. Um, maybe what might not, may almost seems insignificant, but yet maybe it leads to something bigger later. Yeah. back, I was asked to be a sponsor on a youth mission trip to Oklahoma City. And I said yes. And um, we went there, and um, it was not all fun. It was some hard work. Uh, expectations weren't, weren't um, clear and things. But, but then the youth went to Santa Fe the next year, and I said yes again. And then that opened the door for us to go to Haiti. And so, um, just saying yes that first time really opened the door to my heart for missions. And we've been to Haiti three times. Uh, my son Stephen is now on the mission field. Um, I think us going together and serving together, it lit a flame in him. And it also helped me be able to let him go. Uh, he went on a 11-month, 11-country mission trip. And now he's leading a group for nine months. And uh, we were able to go to Guatemala and serve alongside him and the students he's mentoring and guiding. And so um, I'm very thankful for that little yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's hard as some things were. Um, just opened my eyes to see um, the world outside of Los Alamos. So a couple things that I'm picking up just from their stories on, hey, when, when did they they hear from God. Jamie said that it was he in scripture, just being able the connection piece to be connected um, to God, be it through his word or just through together in prayer. But seeking God is a huge part for him to be able uh, to to do that. Um, Nate, you were um, in a sense uh, just kind of referencing the stirring in your heart, but just trying to be sensitive to this, to the Holy Spirit. That's his job, is to, to kind of convict and guide and counsel and lead us in certain ways. And so just being aware of, hey, when, when I give my life to Christ, we talked about that last week, the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. And he's not just silent, like he's slowly nudging and speaking to your soul, kind of guiding you. So I hear that. Laura, uh, you mentioned just through prayer to other people is when you were hearing from God. And then Linda, you talked about just through uh, saying yes, but through serving and missions and getting your eyes off of yourself to others. So um, there's a connectedness in all of that, but yet at the same time, what? Everybody's got different ways in which they're connecting with God, seeking those out. And I would say we do all of those things. You serve, you pray, and we do all those things, but um, God is not not in a box. Um, And I think that's important to hear um, or at least that's what I'm drawing out of this, this first question, whispers from God, hearing from God is a variety of different things, but you're certainly plugged in is when we're hearing from him. Um, Nate, I want to pick up on something you said. Um, it said, 
um, our Proverbs 16.2 says, People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. So you, you mentioned some things uh, um, about motives in that decision. Can you maybe just expound a little bit on that? And how did you, how did you wrestle with that? Maybe have some conversations about that with uh, God or with others. Well, it, it all came down to just um, God was stirring in my heart. And like I said, he was, he was speaking to me saying, this is not a good idea. Um, this is... And, for some reason, I was choosing to ignore him because of you know money, finances, um, different scenarios in my head that I made up that I thought were great ideas, like living in Amos. Um, not if you live in Amos, it's not that. <laughs> but um, it would have been hard for our our family. Um, it would have been hard on my wife. So I think ultimately, I, I it came down to God was there and He was protecting us, but. My motives had to eventually get right because he he did show me, you know, later on that uh, I wasn't making good decisions. Okay, um, this is uh, open for anybody. I, I want to know um, what role do motives play in you trying to figure out is this God's will in 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 my life, and um, maybe something that would be helpful for me. This is kind of um, you can maybe go on this tangent. Have you ever screwed it up? And, and would you mind maybe sharing um, a time where you're like, I thought this was God's will, but I was really, when I look back on my motives, it was, it was, it was my own doing in that. So they're kind of related. I want to know what role the motives play, but I'd like to know where we got it wrong. Well, I can think of one. <laughs> and intervals, Gene. <laughs> 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 no, um, years ago, in an Iwana program and we were considering changing it and not not having class for all the kids and I fought for my family I thought I was you know standing up for my family um, and we ended up not making those changes and um, but looking back I was very selfish um, it broke relationship with someone because I um, did not respect their authority, and um, and I don't know what heartache it caused for Jamie because he was in the middle. I'm but, trying to remember. <laughs> I just know, um, and looking back, I've ha- God's given me lots of examples where selfishly I have wanted what I want, and now I tend to step back and try to ask Him, "Is this really what You want?" and not be selfish. Okay. Um, Proverbs thirteen twenty says, "Walk with the wise, and become wise. Uh, for a companion of fools suffers harm." And if there's any teenagers in the room, uh, I talk about this verse a lot. I say, "Walk with the wise, you become wise." And you would think, "Oh, walk with the fools, you become a, a fool." And it's no, it's worse. It's you suffer harm. Um, and, and just who you are with plays a big role in, I think, figuring some of this stuff out. I just had a conversation yesterday with a young man who is struggling with, should I marry this person 
or not. I have made so many mistakes. I have screwed this up so much. I don't want to screw it up again. And Mike, is this God's will for me to, 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 to get engaged to this woman? And that's a tough question. To I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I kind of talked a lot about the things that we want, but he was searching and he was seeking. Um, Jamie and I have a long history of knowing each other for the past 15 years, 16 years. And he was there. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to you guys. But this question about who is it in your life that helped you figure some of these things out is this man right here. I had the conversation to get married was solidified when I was sitting across from him at Central Avenue Grill, which is now the, the blue window. We had lunch one day. Um, I was sitting in his office, the decision to say, you know what, I want to have kids and I'm, I want to move forward with that. But it was a conversation with this man right here and the light bulb went on and God spoke to me through this man. I want to hear who are the people in, in your lives that God has used to speak to you. Um. Well, whenever I think of big decisions and, and with, with me and my family, we've made uh, a lot of big decisions uh, in terms of, well, early on it was with Melissa and I in our marriage, you know, whether we should get married. And, and uh, I sought a lot of wisdom from, from pastors and from mentors and people who were a lot older than me. And uh, not, not that necessarily that age, equates to wisdom. I've seen some pretty foolish old men. And, uh, but I think it, it, wisdom does come through experience. And so I surrounded myself with people who could speak truth and, and made the decision, one of the best decisions I've ever made was, was to marry my wife. Um, but as, you know, whatever we thought about we're going to seminary, we talked to our pastors and they I remember them taking, and we thought it was the biggest deal in the world. They took us to Chili's there in Las Cruces. We're like, oh, wow, they must really believe in us to take us to Chili's. And we were young and broke. But um, that, that, that solidified, okay, we're, we're supposed to go to seminary. And then whenever we came here, um, really, we, <laughs> we didn't want to come to Los Alamos. Um, we, it was expensive, and the church was somewhat in turmoil at the time we came. Um, and, but, you know, I, I talked about it, I prayed about it, I talked to my dad, I talked to Rendell, um, who's responsible for getting us here, and, and still pin that on him, but, um, you know, I talked to some, some people that I knew in the Baptist building here, and then whenever it came time for us to plant a church, we just talked to people, I'd spent two months on sabbatical going around and just talking to people and praying and searching the scripture. And then whenever it came time for us to close our church, that was a big one. And I talked to a lot of people who closed churches. And, you know, is this what we should, we, we know we can't continue this way. But wisdom is a big thing. Now we're in the process of finding a different place to serve and, you know, waiting on that, waiting and surrounding yourself with wise people and not fools is extremely important. <laughs> so ever since I was uh, a kid, God's always put um, wise people in my life. Um, from youth group on up, my first day of college, I met a very 
young Christian guy, and we just we hit it off and became best friends my first day of college. And I believe God put him in my life. Um, then I got a job up here, and uh, God put Jeff Sharp in my life, actually, and said, you should come to this church. Um, it's pretty cool. And so came here, and now I wind up on stage. But um, God's always just put people in my life, and I'm super blessed from that. Um, I've always been surrounded by people to make decisions with. Um, so I'm really blessed and thankful for that. Yeah. Um, my, I can credit my faith, some of my, yeah, some of my faith to my grandparents. Um, they are both in heaven, but growing up, they prayed for me every day, and along with my sisters and others, they reminded me that they are praying for me every day, and they were my mentors um, in their faith, and what they did, they did missions. Um, they instilled Bible verses in me, and um, through hard times, my grandfather kind of stepped in to be my dad, and pretty neat to be reminded of their faith and their walk with God and I somehow have a part of that in me that I'm pretty proud of. Anything you want to add to that? (laughs) Um, Also grew up in a Christian home but I think um, something that's been really important for us in Los Alamos is small group. Um, some of our friends we had grouped with for years, and so you you really get to share life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the happy things, and um, I just think God's really used that to impact our life, and, and many have moved on as Los Alamos is so transient, <laughs> um, but they're still our friends, and we stay in contact and share, continue to share life, and um, I just think it's really a vital part of our walk. Yeah. Um, just as we round out our time today, our, our mission here at Freedom Church, we have a, a mission statement. So it's helping people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. Um, and really, if you just focus in on that next step piece, that's really all we can control. Like, I, I, I feel like God's moving me in this direction, but that may be like 100 steps away. And so these whispers, these moments in our lives, in many ways, you don't know if it's big or not. Now, certainly the young man who I talked to the other day, he's like, this is a big decision. If I, if I move forward, like this is going to have consequences if I ask this woman to be, mar- be married to me. But um, there are other decisions that we don't know. Like when, I, when, I, um, when Reed and I were, were married, Okay, I didn't know what choosing which side of the bed to sleep on was going to be such a big decision. Like that has like eternal consequences on uh, this is all I'm sleeping on the right hand side of the bed. All right. Forever. Um, but no, that's joking. But um, like more like just how how are we going to fight? Because we will fight in marriage. But making the decision that that yelling is is a below the below the belts. Um, going historical is going to be a blow below the belt. Like we want to, we're going to have our fights. We're going to have our conflicts. We actually learned, hey, conflict if handled in a healthy way can actually grow and strengthen our relationship, can actually deepen intimacy. But we made decisions early on to not fight with each other, but to fight for each other despite our differences. 
I didn't know that was going to pay off so well in, in, in marriage, long game in those things. And just trying to say this in the moment, I don't feel like doing that, right? But long game, what we're looking at, these little decisions are actually big ones that pay off huge dividends later on in life. So with that, um, I kind of want to conclude this and challenge everyone. We have a God who is alive, who speaks to us, be it through his word, be it through other people, be it through prayer, be it through circumstances, be it through serving others, uh, be it through singing. He's alive. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. What is he speaking to you? What's your next step in that process? And I would say, whatever it is, big or small, do it. Because you don't know what's on the other side of it. If you have questions, if you're wrestling, is this from God? Talk to him about it. Talk to others about it. He, he talked to Elijah through a gentle whisper. He said, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to die. And he kind of goes through this spiel. And the, the voice says to Elijah again, he says, what are you doing here, Elijah? This is the second time. He asked him the same question. And Elijah gives him the exact same response. He says, he replied again, I've zealously served the Lord God Almighty. Like, I'm on your team. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. It's them. They've torn down the altars and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me, God. Where are you? Who are you? What's going on? Then the Lord God told him. He, he, didn't, like, he didn't even, he just, go back the same way you came. Travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, anoint Haziel to be king of Aram, which that would be like treason right there. And he's saying, go for it anyway. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Saphat, to be the, in the town of Abel, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Heziel will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. That'd be a nice calling to be a prophet, and then this your first job. Um, anyway, this is what I want to focus on. Yes! Elijah said, I'm all alone! I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. So many times when we're hearing from God... We think we're the only ones. We think we're all alone. And that's why it's so important to have community around us because he says, no, 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 there's 7,000 more. You're not alone. Stay connected with me. There's a plan and there's a purpose in here. Just go and obey the next step that I have for you. So I don't know what God's whispering for you today. That's my prayer. Circumstances may not seem to be lining up the way you would want God to do them. I'm all alone. I'm, I'm, it's bad news for me. And God's like, no, keep moving forward. I created you. I created them. I created the world. Got this thing in control. You do your next step, and I'll take care of the rest. With that, let's pray. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. 
Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family, and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click Give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast, as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.